whatever your will is, please let it be done. And like, that was it. I didn't pray, oh Lord, your will be done. And then, you know, kept freaking out about it. But I was like, I just want your will because there were two routes. My dad could either pass away or he could get better. And either way, I knew that that was his will. Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. Today I have with us one of our second year students for this incoming school year. She's actually coming in, uh, this will be her last semester, so she's was a, she came in halfway through the first year, and, and so she's a half semester back. So anyway, she's about to enter into the last semester of her second year. Anyway, this is a local student. Her name is Anna Morris. Hi, Anna. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's fun to have you here. I appreciate you doing it. So uh, you, uh, you, you are in your second year. Yes. Yep. And you're from Bernie. Yes. Okay. And uh, this summer you were uh, on summer staff, was it? Last summer. Last summer. summer. Not this summer. Last summer you were. Okay. Um, Now, tell us a little bit about your background. Where where were you born? Tell us about the family you grew up in, how you came to know the Lord. Okay. I was born, raised in Texas, Uh, not necessarily in Bernie. I lived in Fort Worth area. Um, for like about a year. And then we moved to be closer to um, my dad's family. And so that's like Andrew and Sam Morris. And that's where we, we all fit in. Um, so moved to get, be closer to them. What were the other questions? <laughs> oh, that's fine. I gave you a lot at one okay. point. But so people understand Andrew and Sam are your cousins. Yes. And they also are second year students this year. Yep. They're starting their second year. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so you moved to Bernie as an infant. Yes. Okay. Uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? Yes and no. It's kind of a weird one. Um, my parents like met in church. They grew up in church, and they... Well, my mom didn't grow up in church. Actually, neither of my parents did, now that I say that. <laughs> they didn't grow up in church. Like They were about, I think... 14 and 15 when they started going to church. Okay. Um, so their their parents got saved about that time. Uh, mm-hmm. So when they were teenagers. But they um, got married and had me like three years into their marriage. But it wasn't a super happy marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't, I wouldn't say that it was like a Christ-centered marriage. It okay. was a lot of... I think when they both got married, they thought, oh, this person brings this to the table, that will complete me, and this person brings this to the table, and that will complete me. And so then they kind of got married and realized, oh, that's not how that works, Mm -hmm. and so they weren't like completed. And Mm -hmm. so the whole marriage, I think they kind of thought, what's missing? And so a lot of my growing up was um, my dad had anger issues, Mm -hmm. and my mom was... Um, she has an autoimmune disease, so she was sick for a lot of my childhood. So it was this weird kind of, uh, like growing up style of my, you know, my cousins and my aunt and uncle, and I love their house and it's super peaceful and that's awesome, but my house just doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of always knew that something was missing in that. Um, we, I went to a... Christian, a private Christian school in Bernie, uh, Geneva, for Mm -hmm. those who are around and will kind of know. So I went to Geneva for about six years, and that was like the first six years of, so it was like kindergarten to fifth grade, and we went to church. My parents were kind of involved in school and just 
were around. But once I got to uh, sixth grade, money ran out and we, mm. we had been um, church hopping the whole time. My parents, when they left, we, so I didn't specify Fort Worth area is Arlington, Texas. So when we left Arlington, they had like the perfect church. They were like, this is our church. This is great. We love it. It's got small groups. It's got all these things and it's perfect. So when they came to Bernie, they were looking for that and they, they couldn't really ever find it. Yeah. So when I got to sixth grade, they just stopped looking. Okay. Um, so being a sixth grader, I stopped going to church, went into public school, didn't really have any more Christian friends. And so kind of just, I guess like fell off. Um, my mom would I remember that she would do quiet times with the Lord. I never saw either of my parents really like reading their Bible daily. I don't really remember that. Um, but my mom would go, like she took uh, the verse in Matthew where it's like, go in your inner room and, and pray in silent and pray in secret and your father will hear it. And so she she took that literally and she was okay. like, okay. So she was, she was a pray in the back room kind of girl. And I was like, okay. So I never really saw my mom's relationship with the Lord. And then my dad, I every once in a while would see him read his Bible. I also didn't specify, um, my dad had anger issues, but he never like hit any of us. Okay. So it wasn't, like it wasn't terrible. He just was pretty emotionally unstable. So that's kind of where that fell into it. Well, how many siblings do you have? None. None. Okay. So it's just, just, just the three of you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so did you were, when did you come to know Christ? It's kind of interesting. <laughs> I can't say definitively this is the day. Uh, but one date that I have held on to is, Let's see, I graduated high school in 2021. And so it was like August. Uh, my cousin Nico mm -hmm. uh, Madrano was giving his testimony at Bernie Bible. Okay. And so I remember sitting in the crowd and like listening um, to it. I guess I'll like pause there for a second. I kept wanting this defining moment. So I kept wanting this moment of like, I'm saved and it's all different and everything's perfect. And isn't that great? Mm. And I never really found that. So I would, I would question or I would sin or I would be like, you know, I, I would, um, how do I say this? I would say the right things. I would go through all the prayers and I, and I would, anytime there was like kind of an altar call kind of thing. And they're like, raise your hand. I wouldn't raise my hand, but I'd sit there and I'd be like, okay. And I'd pray the words and I'd be like, okay, I've said the words. I'm, I'm okay now. Mm. And I would do all that, but I would so never. So you were going to church yes though your parents weren't going at some point yeah okay <laughs> so I, when i went to high school sophomore year aunt heather invited me to youth fellowship okay and so i was like okay i'll go to youth fellowship the only th actually this is a funny story the only reason that i went was because she said that there was pizza and lemonade all right and i really like lemonade <laughs> so i went and i was like okay and i hid behind andrew and sam and ollie was there as well and i hid behind my cousins the whole time i was like i don't want anybody to see me like i was not mentally okay at the time mm. i was really depressed i was really i had it in my mind that everything wrong in the world was my fault and everything that was bad and happening to me was my fault. And so I didn't want anybody to see me. So I just remember like hiding behind them or hiding behind this mask of like, I'm super excited and I'm really happy. And isn't everybody just so excited and happy. And so I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed youth fellowship so much mm. because once I finally kind of stopped hiding behind them, I started kind of hiding behind a mask of 
I'm really extroverted. I'm really excited and you'll love me and it'll be great. But I kind of put on this thing of, of listen, isn't this awesome? Um, but they didn't care. And that was new for me. I was like, oh, this isn't like public school. I feel like for me, it was this, you have to be different. It's this whole thing of mm. be different so you can fit in, which is weird. But at Bernie Bible, this youth fellowship, it wasn't that. It was really like, there was just kind of, something was different mm. and I knew it. And so I was like, well, that's, that's weird. So then the following month came around and my, my aunt, I said my Heather, my aunt was like, Hey, do you want to come again? And I was like, Oh yeah, that was so fun. So then mm. I went again and kept doing that. Found out that there was a Bible study was like, I get to do a Bible study and their snacks with these people. Yeah. I'd so love you weren't to do against that. Bible study. No. Yeah, okay. You just, I guess I'm trying to put this together in my head. You have parents that aren't going to church. Yeah. And so you, since sixth grade, really haven't had anything to do with church, mm -mm. are believers, really, except for your relatives. Yes. Okay, so your cousins from both sides of the family, I guess. Um, actually, just my, da my dad's side of the family. My okay. mom's side, I wouldn't say are believers, especially not now. They've... Okay. Yeah. Well, then following. where does Nico fit in as a cousin? Oh, I know how through yep. marriage. Yep. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Now that makes sense. Okay. So you're okay. So your, your aunt, uncle, their family, mm -hmm. um, are the, really the, the presence in your life of, of demonstrating, uh, you know, a, a, a trusting Christ, living a life that's by faith in Christ. Yep. Okay. Okay. And so you, you're going to Bible study. <laughs> It's really confusing. No, it's okay. You're going to Bible study. Yeah. And, you know, what's the Lord doing with all of that? I think over time, my mask started fading and the amount of energy that I was able to exert started fading. Mm. And eventually I just started breaking. Mm. The relationships at school started fading off. Um, COVID happened and I got stuck at home. I was didn't like it at home. I did everything I could to get away from home. Wasn't able to be around my school friends anymore who, I mean, anything and everything that I could find my worth in, I went for it. Mm. I was like, I'm totally going to try this. And so Bernie Bible was back open. Nothing else was open. I mean, right. school wasn't even open, but Bernie Bible was open at the point of, um, Bible study I remember we went through Philippians and through James. And so I like read them on my own and I was like, this is so cool. Like, this is so easy. <laughs> and just like sped read them. And I really found my worth in, I read a book of the Bible. That's okay. so cool. Hmm. And I ended up like, <laughs> I, th I think I went through the two easiest books first. And then I went through Matthew and I was like, this is so tedious. There's so many things I don't understand. And I ended up coming to the Hill and listening to Charlie. And I was like, how did I not see any of this before? It mm -hmm. makes sense. And so, yeah, okay. we, um, I should probably say, so my family would all, all of my dad's side of the family would gather every Sunday for dinner. And so that's kind of where I saw all of my cousins and, you know, aunt and uncle who were on here. Um, and even their dad, like my dad is brothers with Jeff Morris. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like, yeah, we should explain that if, if you listen to, I think it was two or three episodes back, you'd hear Jeff and Heather Morris, uh, give their testimonies. Mm -hmm. And and so Jeff and Heather 
are Anna's uncle and aunt. Yeah, I know. It gets yeah. confusing because I never say like Jeff and Heather Morris. I'm always like Aunt Heather, Uncle Jeff. And sure. so it well, gets confusing. Now we understand. So Kay. good. So you're you you're in church, you hear Nico, mm-hmm. your cousin, giving his testimony. Oh yeah. And what <laughs> what happened with that? Okay. So I kept trying to be saved. I kept saying all the bright prayers, kept mm-hmm. doing all the right things. And I was like, I'm missing something. I don't understand this. And Nico's given his testimony and he's like, you know, when I was about to be baptized one time, uh, well, not one time, when I was about to be baptized, mm-hmm. uh, they asked me, are you saved? And he's like, I don't know. And so he just was like, the right answer is yes. So I'm supposed to say yes. And so he said, yes. Well, then he's doubted for, you know, years after that, like, am I saved? Did I really do it? Like, and so he would just go through this whole thing of, I need to be saved. I need to be saved the right way. And so I'm going to go through this process and I'm, I, I need to make sure that I'm saved because, you know, if I'm not like church is not afraid to talk about heaven and hell and how great heaven is. But if you're scared that you're not saved, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go to hell. And this is so scary. Mm. But so when Nico's talking about this, I remember like being on the edge of my chair and going, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I need to hear. Mm. And so he was like, so I ended up just praying this one prayer. And I was like, Lord, if you love me, like, you know, you say you love me. So I want to trust you. So if you love me, okay, how did he say it? I've pulled a blank, but it's the idea of, if you love me, will you tell me how to be saved if I'm not? And if I'm not saved, will you put it out of my mind? And I don't have to think about it anymore. And he said, from that moment on, he wasn't worried about it. And I'm like, it's that easy. Are you kidding me? And so I didn't realize it at the time, but that was the first time that I ever prayed and put it in the Lord's hands Mm. and was like, I can't do this. I don't understand how to be saved. I can't save myself because up until that point, it had been this, okay, I need to do it the right way. I need to make sure that I'm saved. And then it'll be this whole milestone moment. And there were times after that when I was still like, maybe I'm not like, I haven't thought about it up until just now. And just kind of realizing I got to take my hands off of this. I can't keep coming back to this and going, I need to make sure that I'm saved. I need to make sure that I'm saved. I was like, I'm just going to walk in it. Like I, I can't do this anymore. Okay. So there kind of came a point where you, where you, you know, you realize that you have to, you have to trust the Lord to do what he can do and you can't do. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Um, so now with this, uh, now you said this was in 20, this was late in 21. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you were 18, 19? I had just turned 18. Okay. Now, a lot has happened in your <laughs> life in such a short period of time since then. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you're a new believer. Mm-hmm. And um, how did you, what, what did the Lord do with you with this? What did he start to show you? What, what, was, what was things like at home? What were things like with your family? Uh, what, what was going on? Okay. I was still in the, I have to get out of the house. I want to get out. I don't want to be around, you know, I just didn't like the atmosphere in my house. It was like just uncomfortable, but I knew that it was super peaceful in my aunt and uncle's house. So I loved that. I found out later that that's because Jesus is the Prince of Peace and their Mm. whole house revolves around Jesus. And I was like, wow, that's really cool how that Mm. correlates. But right after, let's see. So I would say about August. That's kind of the month I've picked. I don't entirely remember. Sure. Um, but I do remember that my parents shortly after that in 
September, both got COVID. Um, I had gone to my last year of summer camp here and come back. And then that's when I got saved. And um, so, oh, also my parents came back to church. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I started going to church and my dad, I remember asking him one time, like, Hey, would you, would you take me to church? And he's like, sure. So then every Sunday before I got a license, he would like drive me to church, drop me off and then go home. Okay. And so, <laughs> so eventually I started going to church and cause I got a license. And so then my parents came in and, and I think they noticed like something had changed. And so mm. they were like, okay, yeah, I guess I'll come back to church. So my parents both were like coming to church at this okay. point. So they came back, you know, so that's cool. But, um, my parents both got COVID and they actually ended up in the hospital. So my, I remember like driving them to the hospital and, um, I like dropped them off and went and parked. And then I came back and sat in the waiting room and I was like, do I, do I need to do anything else? And they were both like, or they weren't in the hospital, but they were in the emergency room because right. they were like, something's up here. Um, my parents both had smoked, so their lungs were not the best. And so COVID being... A, so they were high risk. They were very high risk. My dad was over 50, overweight. He had type 2 diabetes and he was a smoker. Mm. So he was like one of the highest yeah. uh, risk people. Um, but he wasn't really doing well emotionally. And so he didn't have this like great relationship with the Lord. And so he wasn't excited to like keep living. Basically he mm -hmm. was at this point, he was pretty suicidal. Um, so when I dropped him off at the hospital, I, at this point in my life, um, was really struggling. I had hated my parents for a long time. I finally got rid of the whole mantra of like, um, well, they're just, you know, they're broken people and they're fallen too. And I'll love them one day. And it was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And so I kind of dropped them off and was like, something's like, something's different here. This, this feels weird. And I was like, I know I should care. And I kind of do. I just, I'm really scared and I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, no, we're just going to wait for the doctors and then you can come back. And I was like, okay. So then I went home and later that day, my mom called me and she was like, you can go ahead and come pick me up. Your dad's going to go to the hospital. And I was like, okay. So I came and picked her up and about three weeks later. So my dad had been in the hospital for three weeks. My mom came back home one day and was like, you need to pray for your dad. And I was like, I, she said, you need to pray for your dad to get better. And I was like, I really don't feel like that's what I'm supposed to pray. And this was one of the only times that I, it was like super clear to me what I needed to pray. And I guess I had been hearing like, Lord, your will, not mine be done. And so for that, it was, I just had this um, um, immense amount of peace praying, Lord, whatever your will is, please let it be done. And like, that was it. I didn't pray, Oh Lord, your will be done. And then, you know, kept freaking out about it. But I was like, I just want your will because there were two routes. My dad could either pass away or he could get better. And either way, I knew that that was his will, that that was the Lord's will for my life. And so I was like, okay. And so I prayed that. And a few days later, my mom was like, Hey, and my dad had been on a ventilator. So okay. he was not doing well. So she called me and she was like, we're going to have to take him off the ventilator. And I was like, okay. And it was terrible. We had to like schedule it around my schedule. And I was like, she goes to Tuesday work. And I was like, no, it doesn't. And so we had, to, it was terrible. Oh. Um, so we, he ended up passing away in October and 
I just remember being like of 21, 22 of 21, 21. So like October 21, he passed away Mm -hmm. and we have this piece. I have this piece. My family did not, uh, my mom didn't necessarily, but the rest of my family was like, he's finally happy. Like it's okay. And I just had this piece. I was like, that's, that's the answer to my prayer. Whether or not he gets sick or he dies, I know that it's the Lord's will. And I can, I mean, I just, it was weird. (laughs) I I had this crazy amount of, it's okay. It's totally going to be fine. Hmm. A family stepped up the day after his funeral and was like, we want to put you through college. And I was like, what? Mm. And so they, you know, I looked into university and so UTSA and they just kind of closed down for the time. And and so they weren't accepting any more people. Um, So my uncle's like, or (laughs) my aunt goes, you should go to Bible school. And I was like, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) If you say so. But she was like, you should, you should try his hill. And I was like, okay, Bible school sounds kind of cool. So I applied to Ravencrest Uh and then ended up not getting accepted there. Um, John contacted my uncle because Jeff had reached out and asked like, Hey, are there any spots? And so like, I'm in Ohio, I'm on vacation with my mom and my grandmother. We're at my grandmother's house for Christmas. And my uncle texts me out of the blue and is like, there's a spot open for girls. If you want it, go for it. And it's a Wednesday. And I'm like, okay. And this is at the Hill. And I'm like, I didn't want to go to the Hill. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. That's kind of weird. So, cause I had grown up going to camp here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, every time at the end of camp, at the week, Connor goes, hey, and just remember, like, you know, we also are a Bible school. So if your kids want to come here and I remember being like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm OK. And so it ended up I got all my paperwork turned in and I got uh, accepted on a Tuesday. And the next like literally the next day was moving in day. Mm. So. And then I was like, the whole semester, I'm only going to be here for one semester. It's fine. And I remember um, Jesse Cooper was like, oh, you're doing you're doing one semester. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to do a semester. And she goes, yeah, me and Will did that. And now we're on our third or fourth semester. Like we're in a second (laughs) year. And I was like, not going to be me. No, thanks. (laughs) I'm like, and now I'm in my fourth semester. Okay. All right. So, and so what, uh, tell us about that. You know, you uh, were really, you still are a very young believer, but you were just brand new when you came to Bible school. So (laughs) what was that like? I mean, you know, you come from just having put your faith in Christ to, you know, all of a sudden you're in this environment with these people who most of them have been believers for a while and you're in this really intense study of the word. What, what was the Lord doing in your heart that first semester that brought you back for a second semester (laughs) and then summer and then second year? It was confusing and I was definitely a little bit lost. I remember we had, uh, Bob Hope. What's his, I, Bob, Burroughs? Bob Burroughs. Yeah. We had Bob Burroughs and he was going through the book of John and he was like, and he would always say, it's the Sunday school answer. And that I remember him saying that. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> what is, what is like the Sunday school answer? I don't understand. And it meant Jesus. And I was like, oh, okay. But he would talk about it. And he was like, I remember he went through John chapter one verses like one through five. And it was talking about in the beginning was the word. And I always thought that that meant 
that it was literally the Bible, mm-hmm. like the actual book and pages. And okay. I remember being so confused. And I, I disrupted the whole class because I kept raising my hand. I asked so many questions. It was ridiculous. I don't think there was ever a question. Like, I remember there was a student named Sheaves and one time we were like joking around and he was like, okay, Miss Queen of Questions, because I just asked so many because I was so confused okay. all of the time. I was like, wait, I d- please elaborate on that. I don't understand. It's interesting. So in the second semester, which was my first semester, you go through the New Testament. Right. But I think had I gone through the Old Testament first, I would have been lost out of my mind. Okay. And so it was really cool to see how the Lord was like, we're going to go through the, the the New Testament. Almost like he knows what he's doing, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so we're going to go through the New Testament. You're going to learn about who Jesus is. You're going to learn about who, who I am. You're going to learn what I have done for you, Anna. And I was just like this whole, I don't understand. I'm so confused. And it was just so cool to, um, there were so many moments when it would be like, you know, he did these things like he is light he healed these things and people are like yeah and and i'm like what that's crazy this i had this moment one time where i was like jesus walked on water Hmm. and i just like stared at my roommate i was like have you ever tried to walk on water because I have, it's like, you know, you go like step in a puddle and it's like, I can't even stand on this. And he's walking on an ocean or well, not an ocean, but like this huge lake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really neat to hear, fun to hear because, you know, as you know, so many of us who grow up in church, we get just used to these stories and we become complacent with it. But you being a new believer and really not having been in the word, mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at, at all of this with fresh eyes, nothing complete, no complacency. This is all brand new to you. Oh yeah. So that's really neat to hear. And and I wonder how many times we do that as, as believers, people who have been Christians for a while and we're just so used to everything that nothing amazes us. And that's really sad, but you know, but it's, but it's, it's a good reminder to us when we hear someone like you <laughs> say something like that. You know, it's like, that's right. That's this pretty amazing God that we've got here. So anyway, go ahead. Well, it's funny because I still do that. I'll okay. still, like, like, when I left first year, I was like, nah, I've read all the Bible now. Like, I've done it. It's okay. And, it, you know, just this, like, complacency set in. Okay. And it's crazy how fast it set in. Mm. There was a girl who was here. She was one of my best friends and it was Abby Congdon. Mm. And she is the pastor of a daughter. Um, she was not doing well when she came here. And so we like, we kind of just like, we're buds, we clicked. And so we were like going through his hill. We're both like on the extreme side of the spectrum of like, we need Jesus. Mm. That is just all we need. And so it was really cool to see how she and I grew together. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming to her with certain things and being like, what? This is crazy. Are you, what? And she's like, it is so good to hear you say that because it reminds me. And so it's kind of like what you're just saying. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it was just like, it was really good. Okay. So you, you got through your first semester. Why did you come back for a second one? I mean, you were only coming for one semester. (laughs) So what happened? To be honest, I came, I loved it. I, don't really remember why I came back. I was just kind of like my, my relationship with the Lord. I was talking to Rachel Fade about this the other day, but my relationship with the Lord does not look like, 
fall down on your knees, pray to God. What is the next step? What do I do? I'll be like, oh, there's a door that just swung open. Guess I'm going to walk through that one now. And so they were kind of like, are you doing next semester? And I was like, I don't know, let me ask. And so I asked the family that funded my first semester. I was like, could I do a second semester? And they were like, sure, that's fine. And so they ended up paying for it. And I was like, I guess I'm coming back for another semester. And then the opportunity of camp struck, like, was there and the door swung open and I was like let's try this route and I actually I I applied to be a sad and or on media I was like those are the two that's the only one that's all I want to do okay sad is special activities director yes yeah and so which just sounds so fun like I did theater that sounds fun I love organizing heck yeah I'd love to do that and so Connor was like we don't have that position open either of those but you could be a counselor. And I was like, thanks. No, thanks. Don't want to do that. That's no, that sounds too exhausting, too complicated. My uncle came and talked to me and he was like, and it was like, I think it was three different people within two days just kept talking about like, you know, it's great when you are in this level of dependence and you realize that you can't do it because then it has to be Jesus in and through you. Mm -hmm. And so I remember like walking into Connor's office and being so ready to be like, I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. And I was like, Connor, I'm not qualified for this. I can't do this. I should not do this. And he was like, yeah, that's exactly what I want to hear from a counselor. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, I guess I am a counselor. (laughs) So then I ended up being counselor for the summer and then came back for another semester. Yeah, I don't know. Well, what was that? Okay, now you told us about your first semester in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. You've gone through summer camp now as a counselor. <laughs> and and it's, let's, let's talk about that for a second because you're saying you're not qualified, you can't do this. Connor's saying the best thing he can say that that's what we want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so you went into that summer. How'd it go? I had no idea what to say to these kids because these are kids who are like... You know, we would get to seventh grade and they've been going to church this entire time. And these kids know more than I do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. What what are we talking about here? And so I went through Genesis. And so I was like, I went through just like the creation and I love science. So I kind of like broke down the science by it. I actually looked back at what science I was talking about and I was like, I don't think I said any of this like correctly, okay. like scientifically accurately. And I was like, Ooh, that's a little bit awkward, but just kind of breaking it down. And so I was like, God just got more complex and more complex in every day that he created something. Like he starts off with light and it's, you know, a few molecules or it's a few atoms bouncing around way too fast. And so they're creating light. And then you come up with water and it's now it's a molecule because it's three atoms and, you know, just went like that and went step by step. And so it was really cool to see the kids kind of light up. And even when you had older kids, it was like, because, you know, being a female counselor, I had like girls and I was like ladies girls were created last like we're the most complex it's pretty cool (laughs) so so I had fun with that okay yeah and so did you see how the the Lord was using you throughout the summer yes okay something interesting before I became a believer I had heard horror stories of like my mom giving birth to me I had heard my aunt's horror stories I was like I'm not having kids no thanks I saw Mm. my parents really broken relationship and I was like marriage is out of the question don't want any of that and just kind of was like yeah I'm okay like I'll just live on my own and have a few dogs and be a millionaire and it'll be great and I'm so excited (laughs) and so like it's interesting to see the the difference so I went to camp and by the end of it you know the very last week we have 
um, the day camp. Like yeah, we have the, yeah. the cutest kids. And so I remember being like the whole summer, I was like, I don't want kids. That's not my thing. And every week it was like, they're not so bad. I wouldn't <laughs> totally be against that. And I was like, but I have to adopt because, you know, I, I, I don't want, I don't want to be married. Like, I don't want to go down that path. And just watching all of the staff relationships and watching all of like, you know, for home fellowships, we have, you know, Charlie and Patsy and we have John and Heather. And yeah, home fellowships for people that don't know, that's when uh, we divide the student body up and send them into staff homes for an evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So every time I went into staff fellowship, not staff fellowship, home fellowship into these staff homes, there were these married couples and, you know, they're thriving and mm. they have kids and they don't hate each other and they're not super angry all the time. Yeah, they're still sinners. Yes, they still mess up, but it was like, okay, something's different here. Like, this is just so cool. And I remember kind of like falling in love with the idea of love again and the mm. idea of the house and, and marriage. And so it was really cool to every aspect of his hill God has used in my life. And so it was like first semester, um, Oh, geez, Louise. So I got accepted on Tuesday, moved in Wednesday and Thursday school starts. And I think Friday we had prayer partners and I had like, I told you, I prayed, let your will be done. That was probably like, I guess the second prayer that I remember kind okay. of making. So when it came to prayer partners, I was like, oh, pff, I don't know what, uh, <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do here? And I kind of just sat in the office floor with my prayer partner and was like, uh, th- is this what we pray for? Like, I don't understand. And so it was like, I learned prayer and I learned marriage and I learned, oh, and you start off with Song of Solomon. That's your first introduction. And so that was a new one. And I was like, I don't know, like what? And this, okay, it's, huh? And God is talking about marriage and God is talking about, you know, relationships and sex. And I'm like, that's like, that's a no, no word. What are you talking about? That's not okay. And so there were so many things. And so you get to camp and it's like, now there's kids and you have to pray with those kids and you have to talk about their problems. And so we're going to talk about how good God is. And I'm like, yeah, I, God is good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so it was like every single thing was a new step. And so it didn't even feel like Oh, should I do second semester? Should I do camp? It was like, man, I've learned so much. I'm, I, I'm just going to start with the next thing and I'm going to go with the next thing. And it just felt like this whole like avalanche, like a tiny little snowball. And by the end, it was this massive ball that, you know, you see those like where it rolls down a hill and it yeah, gets bigger. Yeah, yeah. And so it was like, you just kept learning more and more and mm. more and more. Oh, good. So the Lord keeps, the Lord seems to, to this point, he just keeps taking things that, you have um, maybe tucked away and have decided this is how it needs to be. Mm-hmm. We'll just keep it hidden and be safe. And he's pulling those things out of your your safe box. Oh yeah, and showing you that really that there's there's much more to these things. Mm-hmm. You know, as you you know, as you walk with me, you can you can know the value of me in these things. And that's that's really interesting. And it just seems like it's just so much that's coming at you in such a short time. <laughs> yeah. So what was your what was your second semester in the Old Testament like? The second semester was really cool. Um, I I've explained it before, but I think it took me so the first the second semester is longer than the first semester. Mm-hmm. But I think it took me that whole semester to kind of catch up to where people were their first semester. So 
the my whole first semester, everybody else's second semester, I kind of felt out of place. I was like, I don't really understand this. I'm not like everybody was kind of like, yeah, like, of course this happens. And, and, you know, of course God is good. And, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like God is good. I, what? And the, all these things. And so by the time I got to the second semester, you know, everybody else's first semester, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm on a, I'm on the same playing field. I understand this. And so it was just really cool to be able to grow with everybody on the same kind of level and get to really learn what is fellowship, what is, um, oh my word, like there's a talking donkey in the Old Testament. <laughs> there's so many things that, you know, we just never talk about. I didn't know, so there were like three stories that I knew and that was creation, uh, like Jonah and the whale or fish or whatever. Right. And I had heard, I had never read Daniel in the lion's den. Okay. And then like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Right. And the only reason I know those three names is because I went and checked them on Sunday. Like last Sunday I was like, wait, what are the names again? <laughs> and it was just like, I didn't know that there was so much more. Mm. I mean, there are so many cool stories mm -hmm. in the old Testament. And something that I think was really cool is I think a lot of Christians go into the Bible and they go, there's the God of the Old Testament and there's the God of the New Testament and they are completely different. And then to hear, okay, but well, God never changes. So if he never changes, then surely he's the God of the Bible hmm. and not the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. And so that was really cool. Also, it was really fun to hear you talk about Genesis okay. uh, because I was like, oh, cool. I've talked about this. And then there were so many things that I was like, I blew past that. I didn't even think about that. And you hmm. talked about them and really went into them, like the idea of helper. Mm -hmm. And that was another thing that solidified, like marriage is a good thing. And hmm. it's not this, I always thought it was like really oppressive. I don't okay. know. It, For the wife. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so silly. And I look at it now and I'm like, it's not mm. in the slightest. Mm. But so, yeah. Um, but there are so many stories in the Old Testament that are beautiful. And you see how good God is, how forgiving he is, how mm. loving he is. Mm. And just the way that everybody, like all the Israelites want to do is complain and run away and flee and, you know, mess up. And he's like, please come back. Like, I want what's good for you. I want to take you to the promised land. But here, you're going to walk around in a circle for 40 years because you just aren't listening and you mm. don't have a good attitude. And <laughs> please. <laughs> and you can just see like all throughout the Old Testament, I see at least like he's just desperate for us to listen and look to him and want him. And it's not this like, you know, I think a lot of us have the image of Zeus up in heaven, like yeah. with a big old lightning bolt and yeah. just sitting on his throne and then throwing a lightning bolt, you know, not even being willing to go down. And the whole beginning of the new semester is him getting off of his throne and coming down to us. Yeah. Like you see how loving he is. Mm. So oh, that's neat. Yeah. Now what about your second year? You know, you're, you're now in your second semester and I, I'm finding this all really interesting because you are a new believer mm -hmm. and with very little knowledge of scripture coming into this. Yes. And just to see the, the freshness, you know, from your perspective and the excitement over, over all of this. And it's, that's, that's really good and profitable for believers to hear people who have been Christians for a while to hear this mm -hmm. uh, people for, that have grown up in church to hear, you know, this excitement because uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I hope that it's encouraging people because, you know, we 
again, the word complacent comes to mind. You know, we don't see Hebrews, and the, and the theme of our podcast is to be, you know, fix your eyes on Jesus, and mm-hmm. it just becomes a phrase, you know, if we're not careful. So, you know, and listening to you talk and the excitement that 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 you have for it, and just the amazement and wonder, is you know, why would we not want to be fixed on Jesus? Why would we want to be fixed anywhere else but Jesus? When you know he went. When what you're reminding us of is just how amazing and and truly just the 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 depths that are that are that he that he takes us to, you know, why do we, you know, what's wrong with us mm-hmm. that we would not want to be fixed on him uh, is really kind of what is is encouraging me uh, in listening to you say these things. So with the second year, now the second year program is one that is, uh, you know, it, it's more detailed. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's more academic. It's, uh, it, it's, we, we push our second years more. It's scary. Yeah. And we, you know, I mean, and, but with the, uh, with the idea, when, when I was in charge of the second year, Charlie told me that what he wanted to see out of the second year program was that our students leave here being able to better articulate what it means for Christ to be my life. Mm -hmm. And what he meant was not just in what they say, but in how they live, that they are, they're very clearly proclaiming this. So with, with all that in mind, and, and there is, there's more homework, uh, you know, you don't, you're not just spoon fed. You can't just sit there and listen. Mm-mm. You know, you have that. These are, these are interactive classes. What's the Lord been doing with you? You know, and, and you, you know, you're a new believer. You've gone through the Bible in the first year. Now, you, you know, this, what, what was, what's the second year been like so far? Okay. So I don't remember stepping into second semester, but I do remember stepping into second year and the whole like month of November I was like do I go to university do I go to second year you know what do I do I don't understand and so I remember going into Charlie's office and just kind of like sitting down and that was weird because I don't talk to Charlie I like I haven't talked to you before now really Mm -hmm. and so I just am very standoffish towards the staff and it's not because I don't like them. I love them. And I always talk great about them. I'm just like very scared. So I um, like walked into Charlie's office and I think he was surprised because <laughs> I'd never been there before. And so I was like, can I ask you a question? And he was like, sure. And I was like, what is second year about? And he's to me, I was like, this is perfectly articulated. What is second year about? And he's like, what, what do you mean? And I was like, just tell me, what second year is about. And so he kind of starts walking me through the whole process of, well, this is where it came from. And it used to be from interns and blah, 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 blah. And the one thing that I held on to, and he was like, and the real, like the idea behind it is that before in first year, you're taught it's Christ in and through you. You know, it's just like hammered over your head, like Christ in and through you, Christ in and through you. That was a new thing to learn too. I was mm-hmm. like, well, that's really cool. But I think that's a new thing for everybody. And mm-hmm. so second year is, okay, what does it mean to live Christ in and through you. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer just knowing it, but what does it look like day-to-day life? How do you live that? And I was, I just like, I remember like my jaw kind of dropped. Yeah. I don't know if I actually dropped my jaw, but in my mind, I was like, that that's it. That's yeah. exactly what I need. And so I kind of left and I was like, okay. So I left, went and filled out my letter of, you know, I want to do second year, please. And 
sent it in, um, filled out all of my uh, application process for the University of San Antonio. And so I sent them both in like at the same time. And I think I had a paper to do for the Hill and I was just like, I just can't do it. Like these, these things are, these things comes come first. And I got accepted into both and I didn't have the money for either. And I was kind of panicked. I was like, I don't know what to do. And I didn't tell anybody. I said goodbye at the end of the semester. I said farewell, like see you guys later. And, you know, everybody is expecting to come back. And I live in the area, so I'd see him at Bernie Bible. So I'd be like, see you guys later. And all of Christmas break, I was like, and and Charlie had kind of was like, you need to get your passport. You need it. Like he was just like, you're coming you have been accepted, you're in. And I was like, I don't have the money. But like nobody knew that I didn't have the money and I wasn't really asking around. So all of Christmas break was, where am I gonna get the money? I don't know how I'm gonna do this. And I asked the family that paid for my first year and they were like, yeah, I just don't know about it. And so my grandparents were like, we love what the Lord has been doing. So we wanna put you through second year. Mm. And so we like cry together. The next day, my mom and I like go out of town on vacation for Christmas. and it was just this like whole crazy thing. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm funded. And I remember, so we went back to Ohio. It's a common occurrence, but my, <laughs> my grandmother lives up there. So, you know, we go up there and I've got like all of this really important documentation stuff so that I can get a passport. And I'm just like carrying it with me through whatever city we go through. And I'm like, this is really sketchy. Like, this is a terrible idea. But I end up getting my passport. You know, I come to the Hill. And, and, and you need the passport for the for the trip to Israel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I didn't have a passport. Like it's, well, I need a passport. This right. is really important. Um, I also really, really, really wanted to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, that had been something that I wanted to do all of my life. And my parents kept telling me when you turn 15, you know, then we'll go on a trip. And they would always say, we're not going to travel until you're old enough to remember it. So I remember turning 15 and being like, this is the, like, this is it. This is what I'm going to go. And they're, and they were like, we just don't have the money for it. So we can't do it. And so it was kind of this, Oh, okay. So now here I am 19 years old and now I'm about to go out of the country and that's just so cool. And so we did all these things and it was different because I guess I was expecting the first year style of sitting in the classroom and Hey, this is how you live out Christ in and through you. And it was like, Nope, you have three work days a week. You no longer have free time and you have much more homework. So get ready for less sleep, more exhaustion and more people wanting to be at your beck and call so that they can, you know, talk to you and you can minister to them and do all these things. And I'm like, I'm so tired. <laughs> so it was like this whole year of just, or this whole semester of like, I'm so exhausted and I can't do homework and I've always been terrible at homework. And so that was a whole new thing. And everybody there, oh my word, everybody in my first year of second year rocked it. I mean, they were like rocking things out of their socks. They would just be like, yeah, you know, I wrote this grade A paper two minutes ago and here I am turning it in. And every single one, I think I turned in one thing on time. One. And by the end of the semester, there was one paper that I was like, I'm sorry, Charlie, I just didn't get to it. Like everything was late. Everything was turned in terribly. And I was like, they're not going to have me back for another semester. And it's just like, but doing work days, doing homework, talking to the first years that I would, you know, 
did a first year with and no longer being able to be there with them. Now going back to these second years who I also was a first year with mm -hmm. and they've had experiences on their own. It was like, I don't fit anywhere. Mm. I'm, I still like, I just don't fit. And it was really cool because, and my work days were, one of them was um, working at staff houses. Mm -hmm. So that's not something that you really go to a staff house, work with them and are talking all the time. It's like you go and you work kind of in a corner, like they're gonna go do their thing and you're there to help. So all the tasks that they don't really wanna do, that's what you do. And then I was on housekeeping. So Hannah Whitaker and I would go to a house and it was like, she goes to one side of the house, I go to the other side. And so it was like my work days, I'm not even talking to people. And it was just this weird, like still, why am I so out of place here? And it was just so cool to see oh, hey, I have this whole time to talk to the Lord and really slow down and start praying. And um, I have, my my blood sugar tends to get really low like that. And okay. so I will just get exhausted. So I'm not a great worker either. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's terrible. So we're like, you know, doing cleaning is not my favorite thing in the world. And that's my work days. All three of them. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, Lord, I really need your help. And, and it was like, you're going to bring snacks. You're going to do these things. We're going to work through it together and learning. Oh, I can ask the Lord. Hey, can you give me strength in this? Because I'm not strong enough for this. Hey, can you give me time management? Because I'm really not great at that either. And hey, can you give me the right words right now? Because people are asking me questions and I don't know the answer mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. So it was like step by step, everything. You're not adequate enough oh, but I can ask the one who is adequate. Mm. And so that was just beautiful. And I loved that. Amen. That's great. Well, it, you know, here at the end, I'm going to be mean and ask you a question that you're probably going to wish I would have given you warning for. Oh, boy. Uh, just listening to you for this this episode and how the Lord has shown himself faithful to you, who has dared to trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, you'd said that earlier that, you know, in coming to Christ for, uh, for salvation, uh, for justification, you said that you had to come to this realization that I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And so you, you, you put your faith in the one that could, and if he didn't, then it just wasn't going to happen. Okay. And then just now you said, that in the in the second year work days, you know, you, you know what you know. You're basically asking your question, asking yourself the question: What's going on? Now, wait a minute. You know, this I, I'm not a good worker. I you know I have you know I have problems with you know my energy and mm -hmm. and I'm by myself having to do these things. Now, wait a minute, Lord. You know, will you will you be what I need? And you've given testimony the same thing that he has, he has shown himself faithful with that. So that reminds me of Colossians two six. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, justification, mm -hmm. so walk in him, sanctification. So the same way. It's not anything different. It's not now that you're a Christian. You have, you know, now that you've put your faith in Christ. You see, you can't say to yourself now. He's given you something that you can, you know, now you can do. Now you can do life. Yeah. Well, no he's he hasn't he hasn't given you something that you can enact but he has what he he has brought you back into 
fellowship with him back into hmm. his life. And so now as you receive him, so walk in him, you're saying, Lord, you know, these work days are wearing me out and having to be with these people and doing this homework. Will you be what I need? And, and you've given testimony that, yeah, that's what he's done. So that's the sanctification. That's what does it mean? How did, what does it look like for Christ to be my life? Mm-hmm. Is what, you know, we're hoping that students will learn in the second year. So now, having just kind of given that overview and you've been nodding your head, yes, yes. that's what that's what the Lord's done. Okay. Well, this being the, the end of our, our time here with this, this interview, I'm wondering, what would you say to somebody who um, is just really just burned out on life and they... They've they've tried, and they just can't. They they just cannot find any satisfaction. Mm. What would you want them to hear you say in this in this episode? For me, yeah, I would say when I was to my limit of being burned out, the last thing I wanted was for somebody to see me burned out, mm-hmm. and so it's so interesting. Our God is so cool in that he has given you an amazing natural painkiller and that is called tears. Mm. And I would say that step one is just cry. Like mm. it is for me, that was the most beautiful thing. Um, in my first semester, I absolutely lost it on like out in front of the fish house. We were watching a movie at Mark and Audrey's and we came back and I collapsed when we came back and I sobbed for like an hour and a half. And I think that was the first time that like my mask ever fell down. And that was hard because people saw me at my worst. Um, And I remember just asking God, why? Like, why would you? And it wasn't even of me, like, why, why would you do this to me? But I remember my dad was super hurt and growing up was sexually abused. And so he kind of took it out on us. And so it wasn't this question of why me, Lord? It was like, why would you let that happen to him? Why would you, why would you hurt him? And once it was, once I cried and once it was okay to be vulnerable, there were people who then knew that I was hurting and were able to bring Christ to me. Mm. And I was like, okay, I need Jesus. Um, realize that the word of God is so good and even though it's like not my favorite thing to do to run to a book when I'm sad and when I'm really hurting but there are so many amazing psalms where you can just read exactly what it is that you're feeling and you end up I have so many times been sobbing and been just like broken and reading a psalm and by the end of it David almost always is like God you were so good and just like One of my favorite things in the world is that our God is big enough to be able to handle anything you throw at him. So no matter how hurt and how broken and how just absolutely betrayed you feel, you can, I mean, you can turn to God and say, are you serious? Why this? I don't understand. And you are more than welcome to ask him. Now realize that he is, you know, glorious and holy and set apart and, that's something that you should realize when you are 
cursing God, but it is such a freeing thing to realize that I have a relationship with Christ and I can turn to him and say, I don't understand this. I don't, why, why would you do this and be so broken? And once you say, okay, I've cried. I feel better now. I can't do this. It is the best thing in the world to come to yourself and say, I can't do this Mm. because I think in all of my experience, I have found out that that is when he is gone. Wonderful. Mm. I would love to take this from you. Mm. I've just been waiting for you to say that and just being open to it. And when you, you know, when you say like, Lord, my day is yours. My life is yours. Like here, I'm going to give it to you. There's going to be moments that come across where he's like, I thought that the day was mine. And you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I I forgot about that. I gave Mm -hmm. that to you. But like, he's so good. Just give it to him. Any kind of problem you have, his will is way better than mine. And his will is just miraculous. And out of everything that I have witnessed, he has been so good. And I think once you realize he's good, he loves me and he wants to take care of me. All I have to do is let go of the reins. He will happily take care of me. Okay. Well, that's where we're going to leave it. Uh, we don't need to add any any more to that. And, you know, you are a, a, a very young believer, but what you're giving testimony to is that you belong to Christ and he is sufficient mm-hmm. and he's growing you, he's teaching you, and it will be fun, you know, being that you're a local student, you know, it'll be fun over the years to watch you continue to grow in the Lord. And, you know, maybe... Maybe in a couple of years, we have you back on the podcast and see, okay, now you've been a Christian for five years. What's <laughs> what's the Lord been doing? So really, Anna, thank you so much for doing this. You just got back from vacation. You're probably scrambling to get ready to go to Bible school, which tomorrow you have to show up. Don't you? Oh, Wednesday. 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 Yeah, yep. this is Monday. You'll be back on Wednesday to get yeah, all the second years come in on Wednesday. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. Oh, that's been my pleasure. Registration for the 2023 Thanksgiving Conference opened last week and filled up in record speed. With meals and lodging currently full, we are still accepting registrations but adding those who register to a waitlist. There is still space to join sessions, so please feel free to join us in person or online during Thanksgiving week for time spent in God's Word. Our speakers this fall will be the director of Torchbearers International, Peter Reed, and Charles Price. We are excited for all this conference will hold and look forward to welcoming alumni, friends of the ministry, and new faces to the hilltop this November. Our second year students arrived yesterday, which means the first years will be coming to the hilltop in one week to officially kick off this new year. If you're an incoming student listening now, please know that the staff at the Hill are excited to meet y'all and welcome you here soon. Thank you again for tuning in to the His Hill podcast, You've been listening to our host, Kelly Doherty, and one of our second years, Anna Morris. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.